This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 169 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and I'm joined by Gaz. How are we doing mate? Are you well? Ben, mm-hmm. in all cases there are four ways to do a thing. Which are the right way wrongly, the wrong way rightly, the wrong way wrongly. But, as I think you'll agree, as Lincoln City have attempted this season, the right way rightly. I'm sure that people will come in their numbers again if they are to continue to give the good commencement. Commencement? Bombing commences next August. Full dress, battle dress required. They're not my words, Ben. They're the words of Colin Murphy at the end of the 1988-89 season. There we go. So felt apt with it being the, the final game of the season coming up. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, uh, I um, I've, I've been ill actually all week. Oh. Yeah, coughing up stuff and nice. Yeah. Uh, it's never fun when you get a nice green golf ball coming out of your face, is nope. it? Not even COVID as well. So it's not even the cool one. It's not even the fashionable <laughs> one. Yeah, it's just a standard, a bog standard old one. Awful. Yeah. Really? No, I've been uh, I've had that as well a little little bit not quite as not quite as uh, as as bad but yeah a little bit of a cold this week as now, well. I can see you on camera and dare I say you're looking a little svelte. Thank you. I'll, I'll like take it. Yeah, you're looking sort of facially. I don't know if it's because you've trimmed the beard or if you're on an exercise push, but you're looking a little bit of both. Less, a little less, a little <laughs> a little less than you were. So yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll say it's a bit of both, and I'll uh, I'll take the compliment. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's been a been an interesting few weeks, hasn't it, for everyone Lincoln City? Um, and then this week has kind of been nothing. It's yeah. like we had a game, and then it's just been left to to rumour and innuendo, hasn't it? It's, yeah, it's, uh, well, it was a dead rubber on Saturday, um, and I'm mm. sure people who went had a great time, fair play. Uh, but it was a dead rubber. It's a dead rubber this Saturday. At least it's one at home. Where do you know what I was thinking earlier? It's, it was less than nine months ago 
but we went back to Sinselbank against Fleetwood, and it was, you know, it was like a big family reunion, wasn't it? It was like we were coming back from these 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 awful events of the last two years, and we hadn't seen anybody, and there was people getting emotional, and there was all of that sort of stuff. And, and nine months later, how quickly things are forgotten. Joe, yeah. the, the people kind of saying, "Oh, we shouldn't have to go to Central Bank this weekend," or you know, making their snidey comments. And and you know, it's it's not been a, a great season. I think, I think if you asked any you know any grounded Lincoln City fan, would you take 18th in League One every season? You'd say yes because I've spent you know, as as have you, as have many people, have spent enough years you know struggling to grab 15th in League Two or. Mm-hmm. Or, or even in the national league, um, but football is is a game where you are always expected to progress, and therefore there are elements of the fan base who think that the last nine months have been disappointing. I, you know what? I think it's a lot to do with last season. I think because yeah. last season, you know, we had Liverpool at Central Bank, nobody was there. We, you know, we had a great five-one win against Burton at, um, uh, on Boxing Day. We, you know, we beat. Sunderland in the playoffs not everybody could go and and we were so close to the championship I think people thought that we were going to come back this season and we were going to be kind of top six and it was going to be and it was going to be this brilliant football team Um, and it's been a half decent football team that have performed inconsistently and I think it's just left a lot of people feeling shortchanged wrongly or rightly i i don't feel shortchanged personally i don't enjoy watching lincoln city lose games at home uh but i certainly don't get i certainly haven't got to a point where i don't where i wish i wasn't going to sinsel bank on saturday i'm looking forward to it i'm massively looking forward to it uh, mm. because it's the first game we can watch at sinsel bank this season where we kind of not looking over our shoulder or we're not going to have to put up with people afterwards saying we're in a relegation battle you know because fact check we're not yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it, it, I think, you know, you say people will probably be, they, they take this position in League One, you know, year in, year out. I think the fact that this is the first time in, what, 40 years, is it, that we've had <laughs> a, a consistent stay in League, well, at the third tier for for, a, for four years? Yeah, between uh, I think eighty eighty one to eighty five eighty six, so we yeah. had we had five years I think um, before mm. four years, uh, and and that's kind of it, you know. Like the the, the word progression for me is a um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to top your league position each season. You know, the progression for me this season has come arguably you know off the pitch and, and in ways that you don't necessarily see day to day. Uh, or week to week on on the pitch, and it's it's just been it's been a quiet one on the pitch. But I think ultimately the club is still doing more right than it is wrong. And I think as yeah. long as that that continues, that for me is where the progression's important. And I think what's disappointing is at the beginning of the season, or or, or, or not long after people started mentioning the R word. Relegation, by the way, for those who are um, not quick on the upkeep. Um, I said that I thought that there was 10 teams that were worse than us in this division. And mm. as the league table stands at the moment, there are six teams that are worse than us in this division. Um, I look above us, Shrewsbury, Burton, Cheltenham and Accrington, which we'll come on to in a minute, 
all teams I think on our day we are better than and that would put us in in 13th position yeah mm. and then for the grace of God I mean Bolton decent side but I, 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 we weren't that much worse than them Plymouth Argyle who, who we took four points from even MK Dons I know they took six from us but really didn't deserve them that's the frustrating thing mm. and while I think you know it's almost like it's hard because you, you look at the overall picture and you kind of go, actually, we're going to finish 18th or 17th in League One. I'll take that. You know, at the beginning of the season, I would have took that. But actually, if you break it down into 46 games and you look at the games, you think we should have won Accrington at home. We should have won Cambridge, beaten Cambridge at home. We should have had four points from Doncaster instead of one. We should have had this. We should have had that. You, you could pick 12, 15 points where you mm. know we when I say we deserved it, we didn't because we didn't score the goals, but 12, 15 points where you know full well Lincoln City should have had those points. You stick yeah. those on our points total now, put us on 65, 66, Bosch were in 12th, and that's that's more or less where I said we'd be at the beginning of the season, and that's what's disappointing. So Yeah, yeah and I think, you know, you say about the on the table there's six teams worse than us. I think, and this is where it's going to get probably clipped and said, oh, they're arrogant or whatever but it's not necessarily arrogance there have been 17 teams that are more consistent than us yeah and that's not arrogant why is that arrogant that's not well arrogant. no because you know like for me if you say oh there's not 17 teams better than us in the league there's 17 teams that are more consistent yeah. people would probably go oh you be an arrogant or whatever but like we know that we're you know when we get the when we get the the players in that uh you know, good enough to be well, good enough, and they're fit, and all the rest of it. When the first eleven of Lincoln City plays, we are better than some of the teams that are above us. Yeah. Um, and I think consistently grinding out the results and consistently getting, you know, the points on the board—that's been our problem this season. It's not that we're a bad side; it's it's the consistency. And we've said it, but we've said it all season, haven't we? You know, it's consistently inconsistent that's been the problem. Do you know, we've lost more games than Wimbledon and Gillingham, both of whom are going into the final game of the season um, in relegation danger. There we go. We've, lo- we've lost more than that, more than those two teams. But we have only won um, four games fewer than Ipswich, who spent all that money. And mm. you know, when, when you talk about that and you think about, um, again, I talk about Cambridge, Doncaster are home and away. And, uh, and and Accrington at home. There's four games that we should have won. We would have been, we could have been in Ipswich Town's position. And and that's, I think it's a reason to be positive and a reason to be negative. It depends whether you're glass half full or glass half empty. As you can see at the moment, and no one else will be able to. I'm a glass completely <laughs> empty. Um, but I, I genuinely, you, know, you could either say, well, if if we should have won those games, we should have done better. What a crap season! Or you can say, well, actually, we you know, you take those four games, and that's ignoring loads of other occurrences. Take those four games. The only difference between us and a team that kept the likes of Joe Piggott on James Norwood on the bench the entire season, laden with riches, only won four more games, mm. and. So there's positives and negatives, definitely. Um, But I think one massive, massive negative, um, or one that certainly people were perceived to be negative, was Saturday's game. Yeah, not the not the uh, not the the best example of of football in talent, was it? Well, football in excess, shall we say? It was uh, a frustrating afternoon. That you know, I think we had a good opening, what fifteen minutes or so, Um, and and then it sort of stopped um obviously the injuries didn't help things at all when uh you know you what five minutes in was it and uh conor mcgrandles gets taken off um and then 
you know, another 25 minutes goes by and the promising starlet, if you like, of, uh, you know, Ben House gets taken off. <laughs> and both of those look like they are relatively long-term injuries. Um well, the long term for this season, aren't they? Because we've only got well, one game left, so you know what yeah. I mean. Like it's gonna it's gonna rule them out for for a lot this of the season. close season as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it just, it just didn't look like we'd get much going on going forward. Like I don't think there was a even before you know when we said oh we've played well up to the final third. Don't think we can even say that about Saturday after the first fifteen minutes um, because we just well didn't. <laughs> And it was... It, <laughs> That's some great analysis. <laughs> we didn't, did we? You know, it's easy no. to say in the past, you know, in the, this season, it's been very easy to say we played really well up until the last 15 minutes. We've not had a cutting edge and... Uh, sorry, up until the last third, we've not had a cutting edge and, you know, we've it's cost us. But Saturday, we we didn't even have that. I mean, you know, we we spoke about um, the team that, uh, you know, that... that that didn't get the win the other week, and we had what twenty six shots. Yeah, was it away at Portsmouth? Something like that. Yeah, and you know we lost the game then, and I, I don't know how many shots we had on on Saturday. Eight eight shots on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know it was it was just a frustrating watch. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, it much like the rest of the season, the um the argument is, oh well, you know, if the injuries didn't happen, then we probably would have had a different outcome, but. I mean, it obviously changed the game plan, but I, yeah, I don't think not, it. I don't think I'm, it would have resulted in too much different, to be honest. I'm not convinced. Yeah, there's, I, I talk about XG. Twelve minutes in, boom, let's get it in. Um, <laughs> and I always talk about, you know, oh, we had the same XG as this, or the score should have been this. The XG for the game was two point two four to Accrington and one to us, so two one, exactly right. Um, the disappointing thing I think from Lincoln fans' point of view is that zero point five of our XG came in the first six minutes um, from one chance where Liam Cullen hit the post. And, yeah. and again, you can. It's easy to go. <clears throat> it's well, not easy. I'd say lazy, but that that's that's cruel and and would suggest I was calling you that when I'm not. Um, but it is lazy uh, to kind of go. Oh, the injuries didn't help. Yeah, they they didn't help, and I I absolutely grant grant you that. Um, but they also kind of just lifted a stone, I think, for for people to look under and realise that some of their preconceptions are not right. I.e., mm. you know, Max Sanders gets time was completely and utterly anonymous for ninety minutes of the game. Uh, losing Conor McGrandles and Liam Bridcock proved we don't have a midfield. It showed, do you, do you know what I mean? It, it was just, yeah. at the end of the day, there were, there were people who didn't step up and take uh, uh, and take their chance. Obviously, things did go against us. It was just, it did reflect the season. And I think um, Dan Norton on Twitter had put, you know, oh, it's typical of our season. And I took that to be mean, you know, getting beat, playing poorly. Whereas he said, you know, taking injuries and, uh, and that sort of thing. But, but I firmly believe if Ben House and Conor McGrandall stayed on the pitch, we still lose that game. Yeah, because oh, I, I agree. We were bullied like we yeah. were against Wigan, like we were against Gillingham. And that's the big question in the summer is how do we stop getting bullied? We've got to, you know, we've, we've got to be tougher. We've got to have, whether it's a tougher centre forward, whether it's a central midfielder that's, that's going to stop it. Yeah. And what worries me is that one or two of the players that are bullied are the so-called senior professionals. You know, I've seen Adam Jackson get pushed off the ball like I would mm. push a five-year-old over who was in the queue um, to to see uh, to, to get Kieran Knightley's autograph ahead of me. Do you know what I mean? I, <laughs> do 
was desperately trying to think of a suitable celebrity there, and that's the best thing I could come up with. <laughs> about Beckham on, on the, I was going to say Tim Armstrong, but I know that nobody would know who Tim Armstrong is, including the five-year-old I've pushed over. Um, <laughs> but but Josh McGinnis, do you know what I mean? McGinnis pushed yeah, him yeah. out of the way like he wasn't there. And you go back to Macaulay Bond doing it to TJ Omer in the area for the Ipswich goal in a game that we should have taken something from. You, you go to the Rotherham game where we were battered and bullied all over the pitch. So taking Dan Norton, you know, he, he was actually quite right in some respects because he did reflect lots of our season. Mm. Um, it did. And and the high points, you know, the, the players that stood out, the player that stood out, Lewis Fiorini won't be here next season. What it does suggest to me is actually Michael Appleton's loan deals are sound and solid in the main. Dan Lundlu mm. was a flop, yes, but Josh Griffiths wasn't a flop. Louis Ferrini wasn't a flop. Brooke Norton Coffey wasn't a flop last year. Rogers wasn't. Ioma wasn't. So, by and large, we do do very well with the loan market. So, um, mm. but we will. That's not where we need to recruit. That's not no. That's not absolutely our. not. And I, I, you know, I, I do agree with you. And you know, you say that obviously we've got we've sort of been out muscled in some of the uh, some of the games this season I mean John Coleman said it himself after the game apparently you know he said oh well we bullied Lincoln today and they knew that that's what they had to do and they they did it well like again you say we saw it with uh, with Wigan a few weeks back um, and it, it it's a physical presence that we're sort of lacking at the moment and it's it's kind of <laughs> I want to say it's easy to say oh you can get you know, if, if Brig cuts fit, then yes, we've got a physical presence in there and he won't stand up to being bullied like that. But as we said, you know, I said to Jake last week, you can't build a squad, you can't build a team around Liam Brick at the moment because he's just not going to be able to to get those many games, uh, that many yeah, games. It's not even, it's not even at the moment, it's full stop. Well, we, yes, won't build, yeah. we, we won't build a team around him. I think that he'll get a contract over the summer, but yes. you're actually focusing for me on the right area of the field. You've got to have a centre half that will step up and, 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 and be commanding. And we talk about Adam Jackson, great header of the ball. Yeah. He's been brave. He's very brave at, at Shrewsbury when he got laid out and then had to go off injured. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the difference. I feel really crass saying this difference between Adam Jackson and Sean Raggett. And okay, I know with Adam Jackson it's unfortunate because it's concussion protocols. But do you know what I mean? Sean Maggot would be putting his head in and then coming out again. And I'm not talking about as having to have Warriors. I'm not talking about bring back Bosley, bring back Rags. I'm just talking about just two players in a side that have got their mentality for, right, you're bullying one of my players, I'm going to have you. And it goes yeah. to, I mean, when people talk about the Michael Boswick challenge on Marcus Madison a few years ago. Uh, and mm. yeah, we haven't got anybody that can do that. And it just takes that because that puts other players off their stride. If you've got one midfielder who will do that, who will five, 10 minutes in, see somebody getting bullied. So Luis, Luis Fiorini, great footballer, but I think he was one that was bullied out of games early on in the mid season. Yep. So what you actually need is if he gets bullied or pulled about or Josh McGinnis nudges Adam Jackson out of the way, what you want the next minute, whack. And I'll tell you a story, actually. It's about me as a footballer. So it's not high level. It was a it was a friendly five aside thing we used to do. We used to go and play five aside uh, at Highcombe, and uh, there was a guy I can't remember his name now. It might have been Graham, and he was a hard bastard, and he always played against me, and I wasn't a hard bastard. And I remember every time he used to to bully me a little bit, and so I used to try and go elsewhere on the field and get out of his way. And there was this one game. It was on the Ashton turf where I remember getting the ball, and he came in, and he just took me out. He didn't go for the ball. He just took me out completely. And it's like, fucking, I'm not going to go near him again. And I got up, and the next time he got the ball, a mate of mine played at centre half called Gareth Stannon, just just went 
bang, straight through him. And poor old Graham, he just had a tattoo on his leg. He went down on the AstroTurf. It ripped his leg up this ta- up his tattoo. Really, but i tell you something, for the rest of the game, I was able to play freely because Graham didn't come near me because he yeah. didn't, you know, he'd been shown that. And it, it's it, it's a it's kind of a basic. And that's the one thing we've missed. And I'm not saying bring back Bozzy, bring back Rags, bring back this, bring back that. I'm just saying have a player like that on the field all the time. Yeah. It's all right saying Conor McGrandles is a leader, Adam Jackson's a leader, Joe Walsh is a leader. You've just got to have somebody that's going to go, you can have it. And I'm not talking yeah. a Chris Maguire style, do you know what I mean? Like petulant kick or anything. I'm just talking about a good, honest, genuine, I'm not going to get bullied by you. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, 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 it's it's hard to say that we've looked lightweight. And when I say it's hard to say that, I mean, it's hard to say that from a fan's perspective of like, yes, we should be able to be putting those challenges in, but we haven't been. And it's been, yeah, a little bit difficult to watch at times because like you say, when you get bullied around the pitch, it's like you can see what needs to happen. Um, but, but then remember how physically we competed against Sheffield Wednesday at our place. Yeah. And we were level. And when we went to Burton, I mean, Dan and Lunderloo, that game, you know, if I could have that Dan and Lunderloo next season, the Burton and Wigan games, if we could have him mm-hmm. for 46 games, sign yeah. him up now. Here's the pen. Here's the pen. Sign him up. Because yeah. he was outstanding, because he was big and he was strong and he used his strength. And mm-hmm. that's the other thing that I think is frustrating. And we didn't see it again against Accrington on Saturday. We didn't see players using their strength. I mean, you look at, um, obviously, Adam Jackson. Regan Paul's a little bit different. And I think Paul could be that player, mm-hmm. but he isn't at the moment. Um, but, uh, you know, I keep saying, yeah, Jackson, the two fullbacks, Robson might be. Might be more Terrier-like perhaps next season. I don't think we'll see McGrandles here next season. I don't think we'll see Fiorini. I don't think we'll see Sanders, Ben House, Morgan Whitaker, and Liam Cullen and not that player. We just didn't have it. We just didn't have it on mm. Saturday. And and it's a dead rubber, so it's yes. fine. But if we were still in relegation danger and we'd been bullied like that, you and I would be furious and there would be no defending yeah. it. There would be yeah. no defending it at all. No, absolutely. Um, but like you say, you know, we kind of, we got over the line, we got to that point and we, you know, me and Jay said last week, it was the fact that we were safe and we knew we were safe. It kind of felt not quite a party atmosphere because I don't think you can really have much to sell, well, much to party about at the minute, um, other than the fact that we're safe. Um, oh, yeah, no, 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 it's not, you know, you say there's not a lot to party about, of course there is, other than the fact we're safe, other than the fact we're a League One club, we're going to play Derby next season, there's a lot to party about, I'm going to I'm going to party on Saturday, believe me, yeah. I'm out all, I'm on an all day, I'm eight, we're having breakfast half nine in the corn dolly, still going to be in that dodgy bar that used to be called Jailhouse Rock, but it's been rebranded, I'll be in there at midnight, don't you worry. Oh, there we Bastard. go. <laughs> Shit-faced. <laughs> but... You know, it's um, you say you know, obviously a bit of a dead rubber game, and ultimately, I think the the highlight was obviously Fiorini's strike um, on his weaker foot, decent goal, um, and it's it's another one of those instances where you think he's it, it's kind of what we've needed um, when he's been a bit off it, where he he'll just put shots in. You know, if we've been testing the keeper from distance. Um, we've been getting shots on target or shots on goal, and ultimately, you know, one of them will potentially go in or get spilled or, or fall to somebody. Um, and there's been moments in the season where we've missed that, and that's been that's been frustrating as well. But 
you know, um, our, just going back onto that kind of experience thing, do you know that we have the third youngest average age uh, match day squad age, or I, well, I don't know if it's match day squad or actually out on the field, but 23.4 has been our average age this season. Uh, with Wimbledon and MK Dons, the top two, they'll love that. Um, Wimbledon 22.3, <laughs> MK Dons 23.3. And then Donny twenty four point four and Crew twenty four and a half. So, by some way, mm. we've got a low, low average. But expected goals against it shows because only yeah. Crew, Doncaster, Gillingham, and Morecambe have been expected to concede more goals than we have this season. Yeah, you know, expected think, goals against. Yeah, I think with that, it, it sort of goes back to what we said, you know, a few minutes ago, where if you have the first choice players available week in week out that doesn't happen but we you know it's it's all hypotheticals and ifs and buts and you know i just think it's it's difficult to to quantify it when you have players or it's difficult to quantify the season and say it's been a failure or you know it's it's not been the success that we wanted when you've not had the personnel to do so um due to injuries and all the rest of it so it's interesting, actually, that our expected goals were 57.6 and we've actually scored 53, so four or five goals lower. Mm. But actually, our expected goals against the 71, and I think we've conceded 62. So actually, we've outperformed, our results have outperformed our performances. And I think, you know, I've always said I use XG in that respect, that, you know, Things like that don't happen season after season after season. If your expected goals conceded a 71 and you have one where you only concede 60 or your, or your XG is 50 for the season and you score 70, you ain't going to do that every season. Mm. Um, so that that's where we've got to tighten up to avoid next season being an issue, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think Saturday getting put to bed there with, with one possible exception. Um See Michael's the, the comments after the game. I was going to say, post-match yeah. comments um, from Michael about um, some of the players. He was disappointed that some of them didn't uh, didn't sort of step up to the plate. Um, and strong words, wasn't it? I think he said, uh, this is going to be certain players' last games for the club. Um, and it was interesting to know that he used players plural. Um and yeah. I, I don't think, and I, you know, I know that this is probably going to be one of those where you go, certain players last game for the club. It's easy to say, oh, well, it's the lone players and maybe one other person. But I, the way that he said it, it, it sounded to me like he was annoyed or you know he was frustrated with players that could potentially be here next season. Um, well, so, you look, you look down the list. I, I, I kind of done this. Jordan Wright, not going to be in. Regan Poole, not going to be in. Adam Jackson, possibly, but possibly not. I think he's still got a year of his contract left. Yeah. Norton Cuffey, lone player, not likely to come back. Robson going to play. Undoubtedly, Max Sanders was one of the players that Michael's... He's called... Mac, Michael's called Max out two or three times post-match. Yeah, mm. Max is a player who does well when he comes on. Didn't didn't do well at all, really, on Saturday. Conor McGrandles. It'd be harsh if he's gone in the dressing room and told him that's going to be the one of the last games you play for the club when it is mm-hmm. um, through injury. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, um, just while you say McGrandles, there was there was a telltale moment for me with with Michael's interview where Michael Horton said to him, "You know, is that uh, you know with Connor going off? I think it's it's 
a lot of people are expecting it to be his last game for the club um, rather than his last game of the season. And Michael's immediate reaction was sort of, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, is it? And I don't know if he was kind of reacting to, oh, yeah, he won't play again this season or if he kind of let the guard slip a little bit and say, oh, yeah, you know, that's it, it, it sounded to me like he'd resigned himself to the fact that McGrandles was going. I think the club resigned themselves to the fact McGrandles was going last summer, personally. Mm. I, I, I think he's, despite what comes out, I think there has always been a 90% chance that he goes in the summer, and I'll, I'll eat my words if he signs a new contract, that if he doesn't move this summer, I'll be absolutely shocked. Bear in mind, this is coming from the guy that said Plymouth would be relegated this season, by the way. So. <laughs> but I like to think that I know Lincoln City better than, you know, other League One clubs. I don't try and be an expert on all the divisions. Um, Lewis Fiorini obviously won't play next season. Morgan Whitaker wouldn't surprise me if he don't come back. Liam Cullen, eh, Michael actually had praise for Cullen, didn't he? He said he was one of the mm. few he thought did well, which is an odd one, you know, for a strike. You know, you know, I do the XG award, or we did the XG award last year, where players outperformed it. Yeah. Liam Cullen has underperformed his XG so badly. He should have between five and six goals, I think, on his XG, and he's got one. Um, whether that's a confidence thing, I don't know, but he gets bullied. Ben House will play again. Ted Bishop will play again. Scully will play again. So really, the only two, in my mind, permanent players that he might have said it's their last game for the club are John Marquis and Max Sanders. And Marquis was only on the field for 22 minutes. Mm. So and who's, let's not when, forget, he's only on contract till the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. So in actual fact, the only player I think we've got contracted that Michael was aiming that at... It, in my opinion, was Max Sanders. And I just mm. think, do you know what? We'll touch on rumours in a minute because yep. there have been rumours about um, Michael going round, which we'll, we'll, we'll hit head on. One of the criticisms I think that some fans might justifiably have is that actually we've had some talent come through the football club and, and Michael does appear to kind of not cast them aside, but do you know what I mean? As soon as you're out of favour, you're out of favour. And I'm talking Theo Archibald, I'm talking Zach Albazetti, I'm talking Max Sanders quite clearly. Um, mm. and, and to a degree, perhaps a delicate. I mean, I can, I can see reasons why, but Max Melbourne, you know, once you're out, there ain't a way back in. Mm. Um, and and that, that, I think, is the case really with Max Sanders. But let's face it, Max has had his chance. Last yeah. game, last season, it was see how he does. And it was Wimbledon, it was nil-nil. And I went to that game and it was, do you know what, if this Saturday is going to be like that Saturday, I might go in the pub before the game, during the game and after it. <laughs> you just said you were excited to be back at the bank. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'm excited to celebrate. I'm excited to go to Sinsel Bank knowing that it doesn't matter what the happens on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> because bear in mind, this is, I think this is probably one of the my first dead rubber Lincoln City games since we lost 3-2 to Woking under Chris Moyes. Well, I was saying this to, I said this to Jake again last week, where, you know, Michael hasn't had a dead rubber game yet. Well, Danny you know, he didn't. No, you know, it's it, his oh, first season. Oh, we did, yeah, yeah, we did, yeah, sorry. Colchester oh, yeah, we, we did, because we, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we yeah. won the league. But, you know, Michael came in, we needed to, needed to perform in that second half of that season, and we did, and then we had... Um, uh, we had the COVID season, which obviously, you know, was curtailed. So we didn't know that there was going to be a dead rubber game at that point. Then we had the playoffs, which was basically down to the wire. And now we've got this, you know, this is the first time where he's going to be able to sort of freely move about and say, look, okay, I will be able to play 
other players that wouldn't normally get Willie. a chance. Sorry? Willie. Well, you know, we not, as not, 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, will he? Will Michael do that? Oh, will sorry, Michael no, go, right, we'll, we'll start with Lass Sorensen, Tom Hopper. I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not so sure. Well, it'll be interesting because to me, I think his, you know, his wording about certain players will have played the last game for the club. Saturday's lineup suddenly becomes very interesting because if we don't see Adam Jackson starting, if we don't see, you know, John Marquis, or if John Marquis is not even in the squad or whatever, you know, it, it's those kind of decisions that I think hmm, is is it going to be a, a bit of a nod to the future um, on that one, or is it going to be? I don't know. Been interesting. For a start, Adam Jackson will play because who else is going to play centre half? It's Jackson <laughs> yeah. and Regan Paul because Monsma's out, Walsh is out, Iona's Iona's out. out, Bramble's yeah. Bramble can't play, so we can't put anyone. Yeah. So Jackson will play. There's question marks over whether Adela can all play for me. I think mm. Adela can last possibly, certainly with with you know McGrandall's play. And if he if he is going to drop Sanders, it's got to be Lass Sorensen. Tom Hopper's a real interesting one for me because Michael's been going to the bench and playing John Marquis, not Tom Hopper. And I I wonder if we might be saying goodbye to Tom Hopper. I know he's got a year left of his contract, but it, I just wonder if um, if that might be the case. It, yeah, it will, it, it will be interesting. For me, do you know what? Playing the lone players on Saturday actually is something I wouldn't do. And, and whether yeah. there's, you know, I, okay, maybe you play Fiorini because you want to keep the relationship with Man City, but Liam Cullen, I think he's had his chances. Yeah. I'd rather see, okay, we're off Freddie Draper, but I'd rather see one of the boys that we've given the the contracts to and I'd like to see mm. Ocean Gallagher play or something like that um, yeah, but. yeah and, and that's kind of you know where I'm where I was coming from with that because we do have some players that have been given professional deals I think it would be it would be a good introduction to them to professional football if they could play in a league one fixture in front of what is this, hope well likely going to be a bumper crowd at Central Bank the game doesn't necessarily mean anything. They can go out there. It, it's a bit like that, you know, when you have a game in football manager and you have the, the team talk of go out there and impress me, you've got nothing to lose. You know, that kind of that kind of attitude towards the game, I think. So it'll be an interesting one to see what happens. It's the attitude I have every time I leave my front door, Ben. <laughs> what, see what happens. See what happens. Nothing to lose. Yeah, no. Apart from but... dignity and pride. <laughs> but, you know, you did say we're going to, Touch on rumours. Um, obviously, there's been talk from Michael that there will be possible wholesale is probably a bit of a... I don't think the, the term wholesale has been used, but, you know, essentially wholesale changes at the club. And the rumour mill has obviously been sparking up. And it sounds like one of those, if you are to believe the rumours, one of those changes may be Michael himself. Yeah, the, the, I mean, we're not one for rumours on the site on the podcast. Normally, people know that, mm -hmm. but uh, there's been increasing speculation about Michael over the summer. We were at the same position last year, but last year it was we've got to make him stay. Although, yep. You know, and, and West Brom were interested, and now people are kind of. I don't know if it's just something that happens all the time. And and before we discuss it in two, well, we're not going to discuss it in a lot of detail. But yeah, you know, through the summer, uh, through the season, there's been strong rumours that Anthony Scully was leaving and didn't. Strong rumours that Anthony Scully was refusing to play when he was injured. Strong rumours that Jez George was leaving when he didn't. So rumours don't always mean a lot. 
there is talk about Michael leaving. From one side, I've heard, you know, Blackburn Rovers, because obviously Tony Mowbray is going from there. And on the other side, I've heard Salford and Stockport. I've heard that he's going by mutual consent. I've heard that he's not going by mutual consent. Uh, do you know what I mean? Um, mm. First of all, they're counterproductive, I think, the rumours. And every time I've spoken to Michael or seen you know, pictures of him, he, he doesn't look like he's on his way. If the rumours are true, then we'll know by this time next week. Yeah. Because there won't be any drag in the heels. If it's been agreed, This the club suffered last year in the summer from not having a full summer. Yeah, we were miles behind everybody else because everyone mm-hmm. else was able to start recruiting on May the 3rd and we were still, you know, we were still not knowing what division we were going to be in. And that's that's something that losing playoff finalists have to have to cons- have to put up with. So what I'll say is I think that as a football club we have um, an ethos that runs from top to bottom and people mistakenly put that at the manager's feet. So they say, we play out from the back. We try and have too many young players. It's the manager's fault. He's got to go. He goes, whoever comes in is going to do the same thing because mm. it's like it's like Ajax back in the day when, you know, or, or Barcelona, for instance, having, you know, their youth teams play the same tactics all the way through. The club has a way it's going to play its football. We're not going to get a manager in who's going to come in and go, right, we're going to go 4 4 2. We're going to go two big lumps at the back. Johnny, we're going to get rid of all the lone play. It ain't going to happen. Mm. It's going to be more of the same next year, no matter who's in charge. Me, personally, I think that I've seen enough this season to convince me that with a consistent squad, Michael is the right man for the job. And yep. it pisses me off when I look at my phone and I see reputable people who I trust saying that they've heard it. You never know who they've heard it from. It could just be Andy Pearson telling everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Andy. Um, but do you know what I mean? It, yeah. at, at the end of the day, it's. I, I just think it's always a dangerous rumour as well because social media these days means that people see these rumours. You know, I was chatting to Pete the other day and he was saying, you know, after the Oxford game when Jess... Um, Michael's um, wife put you know Appleton out, and then everyone piled on it, and, and yeah. they go, they're going, oh well, she shouldn't be putting that. Why? She's on social media. Well, you you know, if, if people have been giving Rach shit and she came through and did something good, you'd be like, you know, yay, Rach, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Well, you would. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You would. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and and that's social media, and we live in a different world now. To we did. 10 years ago, you know, like Chris Sutton wasn't on social media. So you could call Chris Sutton a boring bastard or whatever. And, and he didn't affect anybody. And he, I think it was Chris Moises, I think was the first manager that kind of that digital interaction got across to him. And, you know, he had family and friends on vitals and, and, and yeah. social media. And, and, and it's great. It's great when it goes well. We saw that in 2016, 17. It's brilliant when you've got the fist pumping, sweet Caroline, you know, winning everything in, this is the first season really where that hasn't massively been the case. Yeah. Um, okay, the COVID season. But even in the COVID season, I remember reading a tweet from somebody saying, is it too early to say Appleton out after like 10 games or whatever? And it always sticks in my mind now because I thought how quickly things turn. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, it's it's that kind of um, argument that always comes up when you have a, a manager that is under pressure from fans you know i've always been uh, a fan of of giving managers time um because ultimately if you i mean look at what's happened at other clubs you know you give a manager what eight weeks was it eight weeks at oh, where was it earlier on in the season in the premier league i think somebody 
yeah, Premier League's got... different, but yeah, I get well, what yeah, you. but you, you know what I mean. Like, if you give somebody eight <coughs> weeks or eight games, and then they get sacked, it's like, what can you achieve in eight weeks? Yeah. Well, you look know, at Huddersfield. It's... Look at the Huddersfield manager last year. Yeah, they were close to relegation this year. Cusp of the Premier League. Yeah, and and that's kind of that's kind of it. And yes, the you know the the argument is there that Michael has had the budget this season to put his own squad together, um, and it, it's you know it's not worked out the way that people thought it would. Um, ultimately, it's I, I hate going back to it, but ultimately you look at the availability of the players that he's brought in. And it's not been there. And, you know, you can't blame a manager for somebody getting two con- or three concussions in a season. You can't blame a manager for somebody that's done their ACL in. You can't blame a manager for somebody that's got, you know, an injury that's kept them out for months on end. And this this argument, we've spoken about it before, this argument of, oh, well, we just signed Crocs. I don't buy it, you know, and I, th- I think... Uh, again, me and Jake I always think about it. those wanky rubber shoes when people. Say <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, me and Jake mentioned it last week because I think you'd, you'd said it previously to, to someone on on social media where you have a player that's you know in inverted commas a crock um, who we signed and he's played thirty six games this season. Yeah, Neil Eardley was a crock when we signed him, and the way did Michael Boswick was a player yeah. I think that came to us with injuries. I mean, that, that's the, the prime example for me is always early because he, I think he was never present, wasn't he, in, in, in the first season that he played for us and one of the players of the season. Yeah. So if if we'd have gone off, you know, if we'd have gone off stuff before and said, well, we're only, you know, we're not going to sign anyone with an injury record, we, would, we wouldn't have signed Neil Eardley. Um, the thing is, people, people are wrong when they say that we signed Crocs anyway because they were saying Chris Maguire was a Croc when actually he had played 38-odd games every season for the last four or five seasons. Joe Walsh had had a couple of injury issues, but passed the medical. Yeah. We're not signing players who haven't, haven't passed medicals. Um, yeah, I just I just think I, I get the points. I, I, Michael put his own squad together last season and nobody was complaining about that, were they? Exactly, um, exactly. It has been more challenging. Look, I don't agree with everything Michael's done. I, I, no. I genuinely don't. I'd, I'd probably have liked to have seen as wide players earlier in the season. I know that Akeem didn't really work out, but you know, a couple of the loans didn't. I thought we went heavy in the midfield, and then actually, you know, heavy in terms of numbers with Las Sorensen, Lewis Fiorini, and Conor McGrandles, and Liam Bridcott, and Max Sanders, and you think, well, they're all going to play, and then actually, we've only got you know, one that's really, really done it on a regular basis in midfield um, yeah. in, in well, maybe two. I mean, Luis Fiorini, I think, was was great and then fell away and then has been great again. And Conor McGrandles was a slow starter and then kind of picked up. Yeah, and, and the manager, um, you know, can he, can he do anything about consistency? Possibly, possibly not. We don't know. We're not there day in, day out on the, on the mm. field. He's had the back end of the players almost certainly at the back end of the players. I don't think that there's any um, any dissent. And, and again, you know, I have people who know people at the ground, not not that come out, not your guy who basically you know, <laughs> knew nothing. Like people who will say, oh, Michael ain't a problem. There ain't a problem there with the squad and, and, and the manager. There really isn't. And somebody's even been down to the training ground today and met Michael and they've said, oh, he's not like you think. He's, he's really down to earth and a nice guy. And, you know, he's, the play, you know there's a really good atmosphere down there. There always has been. In, mm. Every time I've been down, it's been a great atmosphere down there. There have been reasons it hasn't worked out, but it, you know, it hasn't been a disaster of a season. So I don't know how we keep getting round to talking about the same thing, don't we? Like we, 
It's always it's always going back to it. it hasn't been that bad a season. Oh. I mean, it, it is the you know it is the story of the season. It's it it, it it's when it comes around to people saying, oh, it's an excuse. So like, it's not an excuse. It's a reason. Like there is a reason that players haven't been able to play, and that's because of X Y Z. That's not an excuse. You know, it's like oh, I couldn't get to work this morning because my my tire blew out. That's a reason. It's not an excuse. Well, it depends if your tire actually did blow out. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if if you know if your tire blows out, you can't drive to work. But if you if you know if you say, "Oh, my, I've had a problem with my car," and you're using it as a as a, a way of getting out of it, so yeah, that's an excuse. But if there's a reason for something, I think that's where some of the the um, the conversation gets a bit distorted. And it, I think that's where I went wrong when I got sacked by uh, McKechnie Plastic Components in 1999. Because all yeah. of my things were excuses, not reasons. Yeah, you see, I I, uh, I remember um, saying <clears throat> that I wasn't able to attend a... Uh, I used to be in a brass band when I was a bit younger, and I remember saying that I couldn't attend one of the rehearsals uh, because I, I was poorly. Girls. I bet you got girls. Oh, mate, I was drowning in it. Um, <laughs> but it's one no, time you know, at band camp. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said that I, I couldn't go because I was, uh, I was poorly. Um, that was my excuse. And then I got pictured in the uh, in the Echo the following day uh, after we beat Man City, and you know I got pictured down the front t- trying to get autographs from the players. That was the reason I couldn't go, not the excuse. Yeah, but you know it, it, that's what frustrates me. But it, ultimately, going back to to what we started talking about, I don't know what that was. The rumours. Okay, um, it's like yeah. it's like yeah, you know. We're addressing it here because, obviously, partly because it's been a bit of a slow news week, um, but partly because it's uh, it's something that you know a lot of people obviously feel very strongly about. And I think I'm with you in that I I don't necessarily think that you know Michael Leaving would be a good, a good thing for the club. I think having him at the helm next season would be the right way to or the right way to move forward, but. Yeah, um, probably a, a, a spot to, to move well, on to the all I would or? All I would say is, if Michael were to go, it's not the end of the football club. And, and, and that's for the no. people who are happy about it. Yeah, for the people who are not happy about it, there did be this massive, massive split. And, and there even was when, when Dan and Nick went as well. You know, there was a, this is good for the football club because they're this, or this is bad for the football club because of this, and there'll be that opinion, but the football club will carry on. Um, Mm. I think that the football club is richer for having Michael Appleton involved, um, and I think that, you know, if it were for other reasons, if it were for mutual consent because he needed to move back close to home, all that sort of stuff, fair enough, I, you know, that I, I wouldn't have an issue with. The same when Chris Moyes stepped down, there was kind of, you know, he wanted to focus on his business and that sort of thing, you know, no issue with that. Um, but I just, you know, I, th- I think that we're we're better with him. But if it do, if if that wasn't the case, and and he went, I trust Clive Nates impeccably, uh, and the board. I mean, Clive has made two appointments for this football club so far, um, and they haven't done badly, have they? I mean, we've had no. three trophies, two promotions, and we were one game away from Championship football. So, yeah, um, and uh, you know, to to sort of draw, sort of kind of draw a line under it, and and sort of go back to what I was just saying like if we wanted to make an excuse for things like oh God, if, not if, another analogy Fuck no it's not an analogy it's an actual it's an actual fact like it's an excuse and reason thing isn't it it's, it's, is it a callback is that what you call it 
Yeah. But, it better know, be good now, isn't it? Yeah, well, it will be. So shoot your face. <laughs> that <laughs> Why break that bit of a lifetime? Go on, no, try. If, if Michael wanted to make an excuse for how, you know, things have gone this season, he could have quite easily turned around and said, oh, well, I had cancer at the start of the season. Oh, that's it. Pull out the cancer card. But he Fucking didn't, hell, like, you know. But that's the thing. Like he didn't, you know. That that has been a topic that has been talked about by external, you know, external parties. Like it, it was kind of put to bed internally at the football club quite early on because <coughs> it was, you know, it was said right. He's dealing with this. He's dealt with it. We're moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's to everybody's credit at the club because, like I said, you you could quite easily just dwell on it and say, oh yeah, well, you know, he was ill at the start of the season, so we've it's given him a free credit. pass. <clears throat> yeah, it's to Michael's credit. And you're absolutely you're absolutely right. So all of my uh, hijinks earlier saying that it was going to be crap, um, you've, you've made a good point. So well done, 45 <laughs> games into the season and you've got my respect. Um, yeah, Michael's never, never once, I, I don't think he's mentioned it. He, nope. I remember going in at the beginning of the season and it was, you'll you know, get a chance to chat to Michael, but don't address you know, the situation over the summer. He'll do that. He did it in one interview and then it's never mentioned again. And he could have done. Mm-hmm. He could have done. Um, and with, you know, it wouldn't have been crass if he said, yeah, oh, it was just a tough summer personally. But he's never said that. You've never heard him go, you know, it was a tough summer for me personally. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, res- I respect that in him. I've got a lot of respect for Michael as a person. Yep. Um, so, and I, I sincerely hope that the next time we're previewing a League One game, uh, as Jake's about to in a minute with Ant Evans from the uh, Railwayman podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I sincerely hope that Michael's in charge. Absolutely. So we will move on to Saturday. Um, as you just mentioned, um, you know, Jake is uh, is talking to Ant, who is with the Railwayman podcast. So uh, here's a little snippet of the interview. What's gone on? It, it just feel, it feels like an absolute win for you going out with at the moment. Well, you know what it's been like selling your two best players. So, obviously, you guys yourselves obviously have been disappointed. You've, you've not really been in relegation trouble, have you? But, obviously, the, but you've been at the bottom end of yeah. mid-table, whereas I think, obviously, off the back of last season, obviously, Michael Opperton obviously having pretty much two windows, no full, full windows, you probably thought that you'd be, you know, fighting for the playoffs, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I had you guys. So, then... To be where you are is disappointing. And the main reason why I think, obviously, the outside looking in is obviously you've had the two of your best players have gone into the championship, haven't they? And you've not been able to replace them. We've had six of our star talents gone to championship clubs and we've not been able to replace them. We've literally had the whole spine, heart, soul ripped out of our team. Crew crew academy lads through and through who rightfully deserve to be playing at championship level. But we've no, you know, talk about drop offs. We've gone from Harry Pickering, who was obviously, you know, pushing for you know the playoffs with uh, Blackburn. I think they still might go go to it, and we replaced him with Callum McFadden. He's now playing non-league football with Wrexham. So I don't. Uh, in terms of actually summing it up and uh, <laughs> the thoughts of a downgrade, you've seen what it's like when you lose the two key players. We've had six, and that pretty much explains why we are bottom of the table by by some distance. And. You know, looking ahead, looking ahead, then potentially a little bit. I'm sure we'll do it later. Also, it, it feels like there's a uh, it looks bleak times ahead at, at Gresty Road. You know, we've get everything that's gone on off the pitch as well as on the pitch. It just feels that you guys might end up struggling next season because you know you watch your the, the top end of League League Two 
and it's very good compared to what you guys are going into. It's a whole different division from when you came out of it um, two and a half years ago, two, three years ago. I was very concerned, especially when Dave Artel was in charge, that we might do a double dip. But I think now Alex Morris has come in, there's a bit more hope. But I, we won't be doing anything in League Two next season by that. I mean, we won't be we'll be we won't be challenging for playoffs. We won't be in the mix at all. It'll be more just a con a consolidation um, season, to be honest. And I think, like you said, we, our success has always been built on um, academy lads and a mix of um, you know senior pros. We haven't really got that, and I think even when, even though we've had a, an awful season, the likes of Mika Mandron, Tommy Lowry, who are great players for us, won't be. They won't be playing League Two football next season as well. So there's a massive, massive rebuild for us to then go on that cycle again. We had this cycle, sort of the tried and tested cycle of you know we have a dip, we get relegated, we then bring the youth through for four or five seasons. They do well. We get promoted to League One. We do well in our first season in League One, but then it's the fire sale, isn't it? In that mm. in that second summer, happened under Steve Davis, happened under Dave Artel. And what the club need to do is they need to break that cycle. As in, instead of selling six players, six of your best players in one window, maybe let one or two go, and then the next season, and then you can blood one of the other one or two youngsters from the next production line do it and sort of have that con consistency but it's easier said than done you know money talks my friend doesn't it if someone comes in for one of your youngsters at a substantial fee you, you're not going to say you're not going to say no so I think uh, whilst Dave Artel was in charge and I generally thought that the time had gone for us to actually sack him so when he did get to that three games ago it was quite a surprise it sort of well, why now? We we already knew it pretty much Christmas. We were we were down, so why keep him in that post to to the end? So I think with him, it could have been you know once that you've probably had it you know your times yourself. I know when you came to us in December, the pressure the pressure was really on Michael Appleton, and it was a real um, anxiousness that you might actually get dragged into a relegation battle. We ended up obviously beating you, and I thought, oof. I don't see, I, for where um, Lincoln want to be, I don't know if Michael Appleton can sort of survive that. He obviously has, but you've seen, haven't you? Once you get into that winning, uh, that losing um, mindset and mentality and you're losing games every week, it's incredibly hard to change that culture and then can't switch on and off, can you? I know I rambled there a bit, mate, but <laughs> this season has been a disaster, but... I think, like you said, to sum it up, really, like I said, that next season will be a consolidation season in League Two. So there we go. Thank you to Ant for chatting to Jake. Um, we are now going to have a quick look um, towards Saturday, but not before I tell you and Gaz tells you to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel because I got shouted out last week. Even though Jake was on the podcast, he forgot to promote it as well. So... Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, help it grow. I think you've, you've have you hit the target now of of five hundred. I can't remember. Let's say yes, uh, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, but Jake's in my bad books. Yes, he is. I will. I will let you air your dirty laundry in public. So Jake goes on to uh, four hundred and sixty subscribers at the minute. Uh, so go. Jake goes on Ben Nap Naplin Napman Nappers Nappers. Nappers. He goes on the Fleetwood. 
podcast and basically him and uh, Nappers were talking about how Bolton Wanderers should win the league because they have the biggest attendances. I think it's a thing in the northeast. Some Bolton fans say they're a big club and they should be beating the likes of Fleetwood and all of that. And, and Jake kind of got stuck into it and there was a little clip that a Bolton fan then clipped up. And because he said Jake, the Stacey West podcast, um, they were then tagging me in it, uh, basically saying that I was a bellend, uh, which is accurate, but not... I was going to say, it's not too far away yeah, from the I truth. I can see you, Ben. I can see you shrugging. Yeah, I can see you going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, was, it was almost like you were doing it, and then you realised I could see you, and were like, shit, I better make a joke of this. Yeah, brilliant. No, it's all right. I, you know, I've seen you do the same thing all the way Freak. through the podcast so far, so it's fine. Freak. Um, there you go. I've now called you a prick. Wow, it's going mad here. You're making the good points. I'm verbally abusing you. It's like it's like a different world. Um, yeah, and I got a, a, there was a DM as well, which I blocked, which is basically calling me arrogant. And I'd put a thing out about my Patreon, and somebody had come back and said you'd have more subscribers if you had more fans like Bolton. I'm just like, where's all this coming from? Like, why Bolton fans suddenly started picking on me? <laughs> and then Ben, uh, and then not Ben, you're Ben. Then, uh, yeah, noticed Jake going, oh, sorry about that. So, yeah, cheers, mate. Brilliant. I'm going to go out there in a Jake mask and push old ladies over on the high street and see how you like it. Or push five-year-olds in a queue to get a Kira Knightley's autograph. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'd have to get a selfie for that as well. Mind you, I'd have Jake's mask on, wouldn't I? So <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to get selfies with Susan Boyle. The Jake. We should get... <laughs> We should get a Jake cardboard cutout with his uh, with his high vis on and just put, put it in put it in annoying places. You could put it next to your Harry Toffolo cardboard cutout in your bedroom. I don't have a Harry Toffolo cardboard cutout, Gary. In your bedroom. Do you have I it in your have, office? Somewhere? I don't have one. Is it, at in all. Your, is it in your on air room? Is it? Yeah, well you've got rid of it. Who is it now? Who's the love I've of the never life? Had one. Really? Had, That's yeah. just denial. <laughs> That's just denial. Toff's going to be gutted. He's going to be absolutely <laughs> gutted when he finds out about that, that you stopped, you stopped fantasizing. It was, it was quite funny the other day because we've got uh, somebody at work uh, is a um, is a Forest fan. We were talking about, like, you know, obviously they're kind of in the playoff hunt and potentially, you know, looking at going up. And then uh, we, we got talking about, you know, if we potentially think, well, if we think about playoffs and, you know, potential playoff finals, Rach said, oh, if it's Forest Huddersfield, you know, we might see if we can get a ticket. And I just went, okay. Uh, and she went, oh, you can just ask Toff for comps, can't you? You'll be all right. Yeah, she, she knows. She knows. But, uh, should, should we talk about... Year, and now you want comps off Toff for a bloody <laughs> playoff final. Hello, Harry. Gary takes the piss out of me. Can I have a ticket, please? No, It'd be um, like, oh, you should go to you should go to the last Huddersfield game with a cardboard cutout, uh, cardboard or, sign. Or saying, a sign, Tom, yeah. Tom, can I have tickets, please? <laughs> you should run on the pitch. You should get a child, um, just get the five year old I've pushed over, and take them and go run on the pitch. Did you see that the Kevin De Bruyne refused to I, give I the did. kid? That was amazing. Pitch? I love that as well. Yeah, amazing. And there was another thing on Twitter the other day where a kid, apparently a Millwall fan kid, had got a twenty pound birthday got £20 for his birthday and he'd given it to his favourite player to give to charity. And the favourite player is then going, oh, I need to get in contact with him. And I'm just thinking, can you just imagine the dad going, I'll tell you what you ought to do, little Timmy. Yeah, scroll this. I'll put 20 quid in it. Because who gives a five-year-old 20 quid? They don't know. You give them a fiver and get away with it. So you put that in it, send it to Millwall. We'll get comp tickets. They're worth about 80 quid. Scheming. That's what it is. <laughs> Scheming. I'm going to get my dog. I'm going to put a pen in his hand and I'm going to do it. I, I, Dear John McKinney, can I get tickets to come and watch Colchester? <laughs> Should we talk about crew? 
not really much point, is there? No, there is not that. Really. <laughs> you know what? I did the Railwayman podcast myself this week. It's one of the ones that I'll I'll do. And um, yeah, I did. You know they're nice guys. And he said, you know, we did our first podcast in League One with um, me because obviously it was the when we beat him in the cup. He said, now it's our last podcast in League One. It just feels a bit of a shame. And it does, actually, because there are 10 teams I could name that I'd rather went down than crew. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, I think ultimately it, it's a game that we're, we're potentially going to look forward to because it's it's a chance to, you know, sort of celebrate the fact that we're, we're safe. We've got another season in League One to look forward to. And I'm not looking forward to the game at all. The no, game that's it. Really like, you know, it's 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 a you know dead rubber. We've got I think we've probably got more injuries than the A and E department at Lincoln at you know the county hospital at the minute. We've you know, we're down to what will essentially be the bare bones. Obviously, Michael's gonna have that possible moment where he said, you know, certain players aren't gonna play again. Is he gonna bring in the kids? I I, I don't know. It's in it's a game that is sort of impossible to preview and also a little bit pointless to preview, I think. Do you think um, if he brings in the kids that they'll ask people for their shirts? You know, that they get little Ocean Gallagher finishes the game and thinks I've got my Chris Maguire shirt. No, he won't want that. Um just a minute. Thinks oh I've got my Regan Paul shirt. Or <laughs> we'll come up into the crowd. We go, Ben, Ben Ward, can I have your shirt with a little cardboard sign? And you'll be like, No, Tony. I mean it it'd probably fit three of them in, but you know. Um... Two of them, Ben, you're looking svelte, remember? Thank you. Yeah, but I genuinely, I, I genuinely think that we should get a sign with Andy Pearson. Can I have your jacket? Because he always wears some quite smart clobber. And I think, I think we should yeah. get one of the players to walk along the front. Uh, Andy Pearson, can I have your jacket? I reckon that'd be really fun. You know what? I'm going to cut that out. The I'm going to cut that out of the podcast so we can actually get it done. So we can do it. Well, no, because you don't know any of the players now, do you? It's not like you can just do it because Toff would do it for you, wouldn't he? You could write Probably. it on the back of the cardboard cut out of his face that hangs over your bed. Couldn't you? Andy Pearson goes so one side, then turn it around. It's Toss face the other side. Bet Bet Rage loves that because occasionally, in the throngs of passion, ugh, uh, I bet she pulls it down and puts it over your face. <laughs> oh, that's better. Harry Toffolo. What a guy. I mean, I could understand if that if that happened, but you know, it doesn't exist. So. Oh, he doth protesteth too much. <laughs> I hate that. It's like, oh yeah, that's not true. Oh, he's he's protesting he's too denied, much. Yeah. But, yeah, but no. no. The thing is, then I have, I still have, genuinely, I'll put it onto the camera. You poor a Paul Farman fridge magnet that Fee, I don't think, will ever let me take down. Yeah, <laughs> no cardboard cutout though, because no, um, we're not weird. No, well, neither am I, because, like I said, it didn't happen. Um, but. Yeah, is I, I don't really know where to go from there to to sort of. <laughs> Who do we want to get relegated? Gillingham. It sounded like yeah, we should all have done it in unison, shouldn't we? Who do we want to get relegated? <laughs> Gillingham. Uh, when do we yeah. want it now? Now. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a, you know that that's going to be the interest. I, I don't really care up top. I think Rotherham. I hope Rotherham and Wigan go up because I don't want to play either of them next year. Yep. Uh, I don't want MK Dons to go up, but I don't want to play them next year. Because um, you know, we've had some stinking luck against MK Dons this year, yeah. so I'd like Plymouth to go up just because we've got Exeter coming up. So yeah. uh, I don't want to have to go to Devon twice. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. that's and I will. I'll go point. to Exeter because obviously I've got people hate Exeter fans, but actually my uncle and cousin are, are, are big Exeter fans, so I mm. can't. 
So, I mean, let's let's have a quick look then. So it'll have to be quick. We're on fifty-eight minutes, and we've got yeah, bad, I know. We've got, so, yeah, so we've got bored of us. <laughs> the bottom four crew and Doncaster are down. Yeah, um, that's up. You know, uh, mathematically, Doncaster could potentially stay up, but they'd need to get fifteen goals, I think it is, or something like that. Um, to oh no, sorry, uh, twenty-seven goals. Uh, difference or 27 goals behind Fleetwood. Um, Wimbledon are seven goals behind Fleetwood, um, and Gillingham are on the same points with six, uh, 14 fewer goals. So, uh, yeah, Doncaster and Wimbledon basically gone. So it's between Gillingham, Fleetwood, and Morecambe. Um, I mean, Morecambe, we said what play Sunderland, so possibly not going to get a result. There, but Sunderland have been notoriously flaky. Yeah, but aren't Sunderland? Uh, Sunderland need the points because aren't they one of four teams on about eighty points? I haven't got the league in front of me. So at the minute, uh, Wickham are in seventh on eighty points. Plymouth are sixth on eighty points. Sunderland are fifth on eighty-one, and Sheffield Wednesday are fourth on eighty-two. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, they uh, Sunderland are going to be going all in on that. Yep. So Wick Morecambe finish on forty-two points. I think Gillingham have got um, Rotherham. Rotherham need a win to secure automatic promotion. They're going to be going all in on that. Mm. Bolton are 10 points outside the playoffs, going nowhere, playing Fleetwood. I think Fleetwood get a point. I think think Fleetwood, from from those bottom teams, I think Fleetwood are the most likely to get a result at the weekend. Yeah. I think the league probably finishes. I think Fleetwood get a point. I don't think Gillingham get anything. Because also, remember, Gillingham, a big, strong team. They put loads of balls into the box. They bully teams. They ain't going to bully Rotherham because they're the only team I've seen that a bully does more than Gillingham, I think, have this season. Mm-hmm. So I, th- yeah. I don't think we'll be going down to Priestfield. So. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like I said, at the top, I think it, it pretty okay. much stays as is. Yeah. I don't, um, okay. The only one, you know, Wickham and Plymouth, they might interchange, I think. Um, uh, Wickham play Burton Plymouth are at MK I think MK are going to go all out but well, I don't like say it, it's not something that is massively exciting to me um, I, I, the one I, I, the one thing that I would say is that I would you know I think this is uh, I think it's Bayouac and Fenway's last last game unless you know Wickham get into the playoffs well, I think I'd potentially like to see him do something just for his last game and, and get to the playoffs but I don't know I'd it's like to see, good. I'd like to see Wickham, Plymouth, or MK Dons go up, and I know I've just said that I wouldn't, but just because I don't want to go to those places, uh, Sunderland or Sheffield Wednesday, let's keep them because they're big clubs. Yeah, it'd be great. We know we're playing one of Sunderland or Sheffield Wednesday again next season, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Rotherham, Wigan, yeah, sod off. Barnsley, <laughs> Peterborough coming down, Derby coming down. They're three big games coming up. Forest Green, Exeter, Bristol Rovers potentially. None of those are trips you want to make, are they? I won't go to Forest Green. And that's not because of veganism, because I quite like some of some vegan food, but it's just a dump. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Awful, awful day away there, but a great game when we uh, when we beat them 2-0. Yeah, but the yeah. thing is, we have now beaten them seven games in a row. We ain't going to beat them nine games in a row. No, it's going to be a fun one next season. But, and the first uh, time we lose to them, they're going to bloody love it, aren't they? They're yeah. They're going to love it. I mean, I think I think a lot of uh, some of the animosity has probably gone a little bit with Cooper going. No, Vince is still there. 
Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it, it's it's a sliver. A sliver of that animosity's disappeared. And then, it, you know, a lot of it's still there because Dale Vince is a fucking prick. Yeah, I don't like him. Right, shall we wrap it up? Because I've got some meatballs on, on the, on I've the got stove. To go and, I've got to go and cook something now. Brilliant. Take um, away. Oh, mate, don't. I'm, I'm trying to cut back. And you know, you've, you've said yourself it appears to be working, and I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to have a takeaway because we, we, we had a. We go for a payday takeaway now, and my payday was Monday, and we had a takeaway. So oh, I think we got. We had. Um, we did do burgers ourselves at home last week, and we had portions of chips from the chip shop with them. Um, but I was ill as well. But other than that, we haven't had like a proper thing. We had one takeaway this year. One. Wow. Not bad. I'm going to be smashing the arse out of the calories on Saturday. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> going to have McDonald's. Oh. Going to have a full English breakfast. Right. You know what? Starting this whole like little bit of a health kick has been so difficult as a fat lad because the tasty's back at McDonald's and it's just like, oh, I, I want one. I, want I don't food. normally bother about that. For me, it's been cheese. I got a toasty maker for my birthday in November and I had cheese toasties literally every lunchtime for about two months, <laughs> which is why I was fat. So, Right, shall we wrap it up? This is dragging on a little bit. Indeed, right. We'll see you guys next <laughs> week. We're, we're thinking at the minute that we might have, um, might potentially have a live special um, to wrap up the season. But I yeah, am actually, right. uh, the following week I'm on holiday, so that'll probably be it for a little while, at least yeah. a fortnight uh, from cool. me whether you want to get Jay Con or not, I don't know. But we will have some sort of... Uh, Come on, wind it up. Some, well, I'm saying we'll have some sort of season... You're telling people up. nothing, are you? There's no news. We're not telling them a time. We said we might do something brilliant. All right, bye. Up the imps. Yeah, bye. bye up the imps. Yeah, all right. <laughs> up the the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.